So we are starting our series on Galatians. And if you were here for the series in the Minor Prophets, you might have seen Glenn do almost every single intro. And so it's my turn. I'm doing an intro today. Good luck to me and have fun to you. So it's, it's going to be, it's an exciting series. I'm really excited about Galatians because one, I love Paul. Who doesn't love Paul? I love Paul. Do you love Paul? I hope so. Paul is pretty amazing. I love Paul. And for me, I really, really, I see his heart for the freedom of God's people, right? That, that it dictates every letter. He wants God's people to live in the freedom that was given them. And Galatians isn't an exception. In fact, it's an incredible statement of Paul's conviction for Christian liberty. Yeah? And so, as we're looking at Galatians together, it's, it's, it's just a cool opportunity for us to identify things that may be other gospels working their way into our lives, into the lives of people around us, and maybe providing us with some healthy perspective on how to engage in a way that's helpful and loving and kind, uh, both for ourselves and for others. I'm going to give you a little breakdown of Galatians this morning. One thing, if you're in home groups, it pays dividends. Yeah, it really does. There's a reason why I say, hey, get in a home group. It's because it's incredible. I got to be part of uh, two home groups this week, one on Thursday and uh, one on Friday. And, and on thir- Friday, I was running it. Last fun. The one on Thursday, I was not running Delightful. And it was so like going to this and listening to the heart of a bunch of, this was a men's group, a bunch of young men, and, and seeing the things that they saw in the text that I didn't see. Wow, what an opportunity. We claim as a people that we want to know what God wants from us. We want to know how to live in Christ Tell you what, sitting down with other believers and talking about the gospel, that does work. That does work. Because I can chat at you all day, but there's only so much that's going to go in your brain, and I'm not kidding myself. Most of you will walk away, and by Wednesday, maybe you remember something goofy I did, or the fact that while walking back and forth, I tripped over the fa- one of these thing- hazards they put in my way. Like, right? You're more likely to remember that. That's okay. That's why we have home groups. That really sinks it in. It really sinks it in because you get to talk and you get to think. You get to see what the Spirit is showing you in the text and share it. How cool. How cool. So really encourage you, sign up for home groups. They're in the lobby. One note on that, Harvey Smith's group is not meeting tonight. He's unable to meet tonight. So if you do sign up for that one, don't drive out to his house tonight. He won't be there. <laughs> so, all right, let's talk Galatians. I didn't start my timer. Uh-oh. Let's talk Galatians. So for a little backdrop, for those of you that might not know what's going on in Galatia, it's a series of churches that developed when Paul was traveling through. Paul tells us that he engages and that he's sick, really sick. Like, 
sick, repulsively sick, to the point of like, you know, most people would have been like, whoa, stay away, man. I don't want what you have. But Paul says that they welcomed him in with open arms. They treated him well and kindly, and he shared the gospel with them, and they became baptized, and they got to know Jesus. How cool. How cool. And as we'll walk through Galatians this week, we'll see that Paul is just so convicted that these people live in freedom, like I spoke about. I've gotten ahead of myself, though, so we're going to go ahead and read the chapter before I get any further ahead. I'm assuming some, some understanding that we don't all have, maybe, at this point. So let's look at Galatians 1 together. Paul, an apostle, sent not from men, nor by a man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers and sisters with me, to the churches in Galatia, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, for our sins, to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and turn to a different gospel, which there really is no gospel, which really is no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel, even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. And I now and I, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preached is not of human origin. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my previous ways in the life of Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when God who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him, uh, preach him among the Gentiles. My immediate response was not to consult any human being. 
I did not go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was. But I went to Arabia. Later, I returned to Damascus. And then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to get acquainted with uh, Cephas, or Peter, and stayed with him 15 days. I saw none of the other apostles, only James, the Lord's brother. I assure you before God that what I am writing you is no lie. When I went to Syria and Cilicia, Cilicia, there we go, we got there, I was personally unknown to the churches in uh, Judea that are in Christ. They only heard the report, the man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And they praised God because of me. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it, it, it spoke then and it speaks now. God, I pray that we would receive from your word today, that we would see this freedom that Paul has before us, and that we would receive it joyfully and live in it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So the Galatians were pagans. And like I said, they received Paul. Uh, he was repulsively ill. They, but then Paul shared the gospel with them, the power of the crucified Christ. And they were baptized, receiving the Holy Spirit. And like we chatted about last week, the Spirit began to work miracles among them. Now, what Paul is dealing with here in chapter 1, which we'll get into more in upcoming weeks, is that Jewish teachers, a large portion of the church and most of the other apostles' work were taking place in Judea. So the Jewish, many of the Christians at that time were Jews and had generations of experience interacting with God. Generations. And they'd seen many things, and the things their fathers did, you know, that's the things they continued to do today that made sense. So as they're receiving this gift of freedom from the Holy Spirit, many of them continued to live the way they'd lived before. But they were living that way in freedom. Lord willing. Lord willing, right? But some were seeing these new believers that weren't Jewish background, and they were going, they're missing really important elements that our forefather Moses brought to us through the law, through God. And so they needed to correct this immediately. Maybe you've had an experience in life where, you know, your background and the things you've, all the things you've walked through have taught you certain lessons. I'm not talking about scripture here specifically. But maybe you've seen other people walking through things and you go, man, if they only knew what I knew, they'd be in good shape because I'm in great shape, right? Maybe you've thought that way before. I certainly have. And so out of the kindness of your heart, 
you try and encourage them in helpful ways that works for you. And that can be a really good thing depending on how it's presented, right? Hopefully we're all doing that. But these brothers were coming up from Judea to help Galatia to refute Paul and the doctrine that he was presenting because he wasn't having them get circumcised or follow the laws of Moses, and this was clearly foul play. What they didn't see is that in doing that, they were saying, Jesus isn't enough. You with me? Paul says that the laws that were given through Moses were good things. But what he also says is that when we start assuming that Jesus isn't enough, then that is a wholly different thing. That's another gospel of which there is none. Yeah? You with me? We see these brothers coming up from Judea with a desire to help the Galatians, and they're encouraging them that they need the law of Moses as well. Paul hears about this. And as we go through these first two chapters, we see that he's not happy about it, right? The intro to that chapter, by the way, if you want a lesson in communicating, here you go. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father and Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from this present evil age, according to the will of God, our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. He's presenting them with good tidings. I love you. I want grace and peace for you. And then he goes into, I'm astonished that these things are happening. So as we walk through Galatians, we'll see chapter one, chapter two, Paul is reintroducing himself. Okay, chapter one, chapter two, Paul's reintroducing himself because these brothers from Judea who had come up, said they were from James, claim that Paul isn't who he said he is and that the doctrine that he's teaching is a bad doctrine, okay? And so Paul is saying, hold up, let me tell you who I am and let me tell you the authority that that gives me. Um, and he affirms that. He affirms that through this first chapter and the second chapter. In the first chapter, we see that he's saying, for me not to be who I say I am makes no sense. Right? So, so Paul is saying, I'm excelling among my people. I am zealous. And we see in other writings I am a Pharisee of Pharisees, Jew of Jews. I am doing great. There is no reason for me to leave. That's one element that he shows us. He also says he was killing Christians. It takes a miracle to take somebody from killing people to breathing life into people. Yeah? It takes a miracle. And for Paul, this miracle was an interaction with the resurrected, resurrected and glorified Jesus Christ. And so he explains the nature of his authority. 
I think something that we can pull from this is, what is our relationship with Scripture and the authority that it has, right? The Galatians are being impacted by these teachers coming from Judea, but often aren't we impacted by teachers too? Maybe from our culture, maybe from our political party, from a lot of places. Are we looking at these teachers and through these interactions through a lens of scripture or are we looking at scripture through a lens of culture? Yeah? You know what I mean? When we were talking in our home group, one of the elements that we touched based on, on in this is how important it is to really absorb Scripture. I referred to Jane when she gave her Mother's Day sermon and the fact that she talked about really absorbing Scripture into who we are. And what, what we talked about was the fact that so many interactions on a day-to-day, we have to make engagements just like that, right? We're in an engagement. You have to respond. Well... Your responses are going to be based on what's going in. Where's the investment? If your investment is in purely cultural things, the things coming out your mouth are going to be cultural in nature. If your investment is in Scripture, then things will come to mind as you're talking. How do I engage in a way that's healthy, uplifting, encouraging, loving, understanding the value of the authority of scripture as Paul is asserting the value of his apostle the authority of his apostleship to the Galatians as we move through Galatians we'll see kind of the application texts 3 and 4 those are my favorites not going to dip into that today but we see that uh, Paul tries to reason with the Galatians based on both their personal experience and points to Scripture giving Abraham as the primary example. There's a reason he points to Abraham. It's because Abraham existed before the what? The law, right? And so he's pointing to Abraham because his, his, uh, his life or his, his uh, salvation was based in his faith. He's pointed to as a person of faith. And so Paul is pointing and saying, hey, before the law, there was faith. And even then, God said he was going to bless the nations through Abraham. Bless the nations, not just nation, right? There's a lot of diversity that has to be taken into consideration through that concept. And then as we move into 5 and 6, Paul shows us the moral standards which the law was put in place to guard are not lost in the freedom gained from the crucified Savior. Rather, we are led into a very, uh, led into the very, uh, cre- uh, we are led into the very character of that Savior, Jesus Christ, empowered by the Spirit in us to live lives that God desires, not because of our flesh, but because of Christ in us. In verse. I love the language in chapter one. So we see now, right? So we've seen one, two, Paul is introducing himself, three, four, here's some content from scripture, experience in Abraham, and five, six, he's saying, in Christ, the moral standards given by the law are not lost in that freedom. 
But in our desire to pursue Christ's likeness, those morals are retained because we're seeking his likeness. And he was the one that lived the life, right? In chapter one, we see some language, which I think is very helpful to us because it takes us out of just this Galatian interaction into our current age. So we have in verse four, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age. I don't think that that present evil age was just then, right? So we have our own present evil age. It may have different faces, works differently, but it's tied into this evil age. And then also when he is telling them that there's no other gospel, he doesn't uh, specifically call out in this first chapter legalism or, or the laws of Moses. Instead, he just says turning to a different gospel. This leaves us open-ended to receive that there are still different gospels today. You know, there are religions that are built on different gospels that tie into Christ. Crazy. They must not have read Galatians. Weird, right? But even in how we live, it's crucial. What am I doing on time? Oh, I'm at my limit. Okay, so from this first chapter, we're absorbing who Paul is, why he cares about the fact that there is this different gospel running rampant in Galatia. And he's letting them know, don't do it. It's a trap that leads to death. Even if angels are preaching another gospel, let them be under God's curse. We'll see in chapter 3 that he says that God, Jesus, hung on the pole to take the curse, to be the curse bearer. He's saying, if, if these men are pointing you away from the curse bearer, let the curse fall on their head, right? If they don't want to receive the fullness of the bearer of the curse, then let them be cursed. So Paul is a champion, champion of Christian liberty. And that is salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, on the basis of Christ alone for the glory of God the Father alone. Amen? Let's not get distracted by shiny things. There's always new shiny things to get distracted by. But if we understand what Jesus did in bearing the curse, boy, the freedom that we can have in worship, in fellowship, in encouragement... If we can embrace this reality, it gives us the ability to surrender lots of things in our lives that can leave us shackled. This isn't always easy, and sometimes there's a process. So if you're feeling a little shackled today, I'm not saying shame. No. No. Not even a little. I'm saying freedom. I'm saying freedom. I'm saying freedom. This freedom may be a walk that you're walking through your whole life. But I'm hoping that today, maybe for you, maybe for those around you, that we can start to embrace the reality of the freedom 
that Jesus brought us through, that God our Father brought us through Jesus Christ. I want to invite up the worship team. Friends, as we study Galatians together in our home groups, wink, wink, notch, notch, yeah? And as we come together on Sundays to encourage each other from this text, let us hold fast to the authority of Scripture, recognizing the liberty, the freedom that we have being covered in the grace given to us by Christ Jesus that we would bring glory to God, our Father. Amen? Let's worship together.